0: Sing, sing, sing. Talk. This is Sing Talk Radio. Ooh.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sing Talk Radio. I am excited about our episode today, but uh, before we get to that...
2: Before we get to the exciting part, let's talk about my <laughs> let's wife. Let's talk
1: about the people <laughs> who are just here. Joe Batance, our friend. Joe. Hello. Say how are Joe. you? Hi, David. How are you? And my lovely wife, Shannon, who... Couldn't be further away from me right yes. now. Hello. Hi. And our very, very, very special guest, um, who I'm really excited about having here today, Judith Hill. Judith.
0: Judith. Yay. Hey.
1: Many of your, you know her from RuPaul's Drag Race. That's no. right. <laughs> yeah? One of the judges? Well, yes, anyway. one of the
3: judges. It's my day job.
1: Only a reference to earlier conversation, but um, I'm really excited to have you here, and I want to... chat with you about your journey and about there's very few people on this planet that's had the extraordinary journey that you've had Mm
0: -hmm. for
1: all of its amazingness and all of its challenges Mm -hmm. and i think singers out there probably can learn just a ton by hearing your story and hearing your side of things and what you've gone through and and all that good stuff so let's start i don't know where should we start well i met you let's start about where how i met you yeah so I met you through Daniel Bedingfield yes. at Soho House. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we had kind of crossed paths only because I sat in the back of the forum and watched you guys rehearse a little bit. But uh, we were singing. I can't remember. Um, maybe you weren't up there. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was watching was the a- band. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So Judith was, you know, sort of featured on the This Is It tour and in the movie This Is It, and was going to be that was going to be a awesome massive like experience and of course we all know where that went mm-hmm. but how did that happen for you let's start let's start there and then i'm going to work backwards into mm-hmm. who you were coming up to that but let's let's talk about should we start with that
3: okay because
1: i could i could tick off about 20 <laughs> boxes where i want to go and
3: yeah um well it was an incredible experience working with him uh michael he was um just brilliant in every way as we all know and i I mean you know it was just I was just a kid that was in LA getting a job at Guess really clothing store about a week before I got that gig and it was just one of those things where I was singing around town doing some open mics I met some musician friends and they were like hey you're really good why don't we you know have there's Michael Jackson's holding an audition for his big world tour, do you want to audition? And I thought it was kind of like a joke or like, well, okay, that's a long shot, but your sure. Your first gig I'll is with like, Michael, yeah. I'll just, I'll be like the, the thousand, like the girl, you know, like where there's a long line of people auditioning with a number, I thought it was gonna be one of those. You American know, Idol. Yeah, American Idol style. style. <laughs> and so I was like, sure, why not, you know, go try it out. But it ended up being a very, very small audition, kind of like a personal experience where, you know, they were like, Michael's on your, my. it's time it was MySpace he's on your myspace page you know change your picture and all this stuff and like and it ended up being him picking me and it's just a small b- batch of people um i went to audition and next thing you know what the next week i quit my job that i had just got hired from a were guest. you
1: disappointed that you couldn't yeah, keep yeah no living? i was like you know i'm, I'm
3: good with <laughs> i have another job that's coming up, you so went like,
1: in <laughs> guess what where i'm not working yeah anymore. exactly
3: and the next week i was you know on rehearsals with michael singing duets with him and just Surreal. getting my mind blown every day. Holy you crap. Know? Yeah.
1: yeah, totally. So we go from there into how amazing this is and then how it ends.
2: Mm-hmm. Did you guys work together on that, Dave?
1: Uh, no, I mean, my experience was very, very different. I sat in the back of the forum in this hallway and next to his dressing room and I would sit there for hours and then he would either show up or not most of the time not. So you didn't
2: interact with the other singer? No,
1: so I would just go and sit waiting. I would just go and sit watching the stage and um, Kenny Ortega and all that sort of do their thing. But, I mean, that was my experience and it was sort of drive to the forum going, I don't... It it was terrible. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was my experience. Yeah. Yeah. But, so... Yeah. Do you want to go further with that or...?
3: (laughs) Oh, man, I just... I mean, that was just... It was one of those uh, life-changing experiences where it was a turning point in my life where I realized there was so much more to being an artist. And, and he was definitely the school of <laughs> the greatest, you know? And so totally. it was um, beautiful to be a part of that. And um, I met so many amazing people from that. I'm still in touch with like Dorian Hawley.
1: Who the is guys. just it's, it's, a special person. He's awesome, yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: they're all really incredible. Sometimes I see the dancers. Um, we cross paths every mm-hmm. once in a while. and. Um, just like a family, you know, it's bittersweet.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. So where are you from? Tell, tell us your upbringing. I'm from,
3: and... actually, I'm from North Hollywood. I was born Oh, really? Here. <laughs> wow. LA girl. Ex-
1: exotic. I know, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I wish I could say I'm like, but no, But I love LA actually. I've I've always, I've, it was all I actually ever knew as a kid. And then I, as I'm growing up and <laughs> I realized what a special place this is. Yeah. Like there's so much, um. Wonderful opportunities here. It's so diverse. Can't beat the weather. So That's why it.
1: people come here on vacation and never leave, and therefore it's crowded. Yeah, exactly. So did you, tell me about your vocal development. Did you start really young, and were you singing yeah. through school? And...
3: Yeah, well, I sang early on because my parents are both musicians, so I wrote my first song when I was four years old with my mom and my mom. And my dad was there, too, to record it.
1: What was it about? It lyrically? was a gospel song. Oh, right on. It was Aww. called
3: um, God is Made. And I still have the recording of it. It's really like... Can we
1: play that right ah, now? Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: my gosh. I bet that's adorable. It's really...
3: Yeah, I sound like a four-year-old. So, so But, cute. you know, it was my first thing. And my mom, she always tells the story of how um, I was in the back seat of the car um, singing at that age. And she was like, oh, wow, the, Judith has a voice. And she's the one who encouraged me to sing. So they got me started very young. I kind of went into it a little bit like kicking and screaming, I would say around like seven or eight years old because it was like mom and dad is making me do this kind of attitude. Yeah, because you then, wanted
1: to go and play bars. Yeah, dessert. exactly.
3: <laughs> but I and then then I realized how much of a blessing it was to have parents like that who truly. I mean, to this day, my parents are. Deeply involved in what? Actually, they are part of my band. And it right amazing. Are I think really? that is so great. Yeah, yeah. Oh the student film, the fam, and um, so I've grown to really appreciate my parents and the upbringing that I had.
1: What do they play? What are you
3: My mom is a keyboardist, and my dad's a bass player.
1: Right. Okay. They both sing as well.
3: No, they don't sing, but they actually they, they could they can hold a part. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get them to sing some parts sometimes.
1: Did you uh, gig around town with your parents? Yeah. I mean, like, secular gigs, not...
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, early on, after I graduated from college, I did a run of shows in L.A. This was, like, the first thing that was... It was, like, a real like real small bars and things, and we would invite people down there. Um, so we did that, yeah.
1: And where'd you go to college?
3: Uh, Biola University. Oh,
1: you went to Biola. Okay, yeah. right on. Okay. Yeah. And um, so especially, like, sounds like growing up in a gospel community, going to Biola and stuff, why did you choose... Did you never consider a gospel career?
3: Um, I never really. I actually did um, write some gospel songs when I was younger. We did have some music that was that. And then I just kind of came into my own and started writing my own music. And right. it wasn't a choice of any sort of that I wasn't going to do gospel. or I was. It was just I just started writing songs about life.
1: So and then <laughs> it just happened to be more secular. Just,
3: yeah. Well, I, th- I find all my songs to be gospel songs because it's like, From the heart of what I'm about is spiritual. Right. You know, I don't particularly write, like, religious lyrics, you know, but that doesn't change the fact that who I am is who I am and what I believe is deeply a part of my music.
1: Awesome. So tell us more. So I want to keep going down this road of this journey, Mm -hmm. Um, not just as you as a singer but you as an artist, The, the, the formative moments moments. I mean, uh, clearly, a Michael Jackson "This Is It" moment is a very formative sort of mm-hmm. experience. I mean, the level of people you're around and all sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, that wouldn't have happened if there wasn't a series of those leading up to it, right?
3: Uh, yeah. Well, it, it was it was kind of like a diverse plate of stuff that happened before that. My first real gig as a like a singer was the Michel Polnareff the French tour. I was in there, France, for a year. This was, was this, yeah, this was before Michael. This was before Michael, and um, so I did stuff like that. I went to school and studied as as a composer for film, things like that. And that was actually that was my love. I loved that when I was in college. So orchestral work and all that stuff was just like really exciting for me and um then i was i was a session singer i did some stuff in la so yeah it was a bit of a, a different collection of um experiences before
1: tell me what your session work like
3: um it was everything from like well actually before michael or after michael because i did more oh, yeah. just i'm curious general. about the whole thing so I, I would do things for films um i liked D- disney or, or pixar dreamworks films or, or movies you know like as a session or be part of the choirs and those are always fun, like reunion.
1: Right, sessions, totally, you okay. know.
3: I haven't done sessions, um, since I've been working on my solo stuff, but um those are always fun. I love I loved um
1: that. How do how do those people who brought you into those sessions how'd they find you? Were they through
3: oh, Um That's a great question. I think one Session led to the another. Right, they like, usually do. But <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 the initial Unless they start, don't. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great. It was w- great. We'll never call you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> don't call us. We'll call you.
3: Um,
1: kind of like the gas company.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I, family friends started out. I, I knew, my parents knew some people because they're both musicians, and so they hired me, and then I think from there... There were recommendations.
1: But, I mean, moving especially into Pixar or Disney or some of those. um, I don't know if you work with Chris Montan or some of those people. Mm -hmm. But, I mean.
3: Well, there was just more of, like, vocal contractors that uh I had made relationships with. Uh And once you make a relationship with a couple of them, you know, they'll call you for. for
1: The good ones. The good ones, you
3: know. And so you you keep good relationships with the vocal contractors. And that's kind of how I got some of the bigger movies and things like that.
1: Is that so. Tim Davis, have you worked? Yeah, Tim, I did just a little bit
3: with Tim. Mm-hmm. So
1: I don't even know who is the, who are the vocal contractors for the Disney and the Pixar stuff anymore. Oh,
3: but. the DreamWorks stuff, I was working a lot with Edie Boddicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did a she was the kind of one of like the main contractors I did and then there was like a like a Once you once you get in I was working with John Powell and he was a, one of the composers And he was doing a lot of he was doing like the Lorax and happy feet and all these things So we just he just kept calling me yeah, once totally. you get in with the composer and then you just keep calling you because you're easy to work with you Yeah, know, and so what to expect, you know. Yeah, you work with some good composers, and then that's how you get you know
1: movies right. and stuff so would you go? Um, I mean, that experience is that something that you go, oh, I'd love to go back and do more of that in your downtime between your own stuff, or is that uh-huh. like, yeah, it's cool, but yeah, I,
3: I enjoyed it. It yeah. was, it's always fun, especially when you see the animations and you see your voice. Like those those particular sessions, you had to change your voices a million times for mm-hmm. the different characters and dub over a million times to make you sound like. it will be like five of us, and we would sound like. You know, big choir and all that stuff was fun. So it was it was fun work. Right on. Yeah.
1: So moving on, uh, one of the my other awesome surprise moments is when I watched Twenty s- Feet from Stardom, and mm. then, then there you were, and
3: mm-hmm.
1: which was it was a really great movie. Yeah. So how did tell us about that? Because oh
3: yeah, that was because
1: from my perspective, uh-huh. there's all these people, and then you, uh-huh. and they all sort of had this. They all come from the, a certain generation, and mm-hmm. then there's you. Mm-hmm. And so, did that come because of the "this is it" kind of thing, and they wanted to incorporate that, or because yeah. I don't know how to say this tactfully. Maybe I don't say it tactfully. You were the odd man out, mm-hmm. in my opinion.
3: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Does it make sense to you?
3: Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I met Morgan. I think we was we were working on the, we were was an Elton John Leon Russell uh, session for his for his record and that's his crew was working on and we connected in this um, producer Bill Maxwell who was part of that had recommended me for 20 feet and um, I didn't really think much that it was going to turn into anything. I just thought, what a cool story to to, to follow this, the lives of singers and background singers. And at the time, I was doing a lot of it. And so Morgan reached out and said, "Hey, you know, we're we're doing this documentary. We'd love to follow your story as well." I said, "Sure, you know." And it was it was a really delightful experience. And um, I think for Morgan, it was about the generations. And I at the time, it was like I was the a representative. There's so many amazing great singers that you know. In town, he just happened to choose me as a uh, s- symbol of of kind of like the newer generation of background singers transitioning into being an artist. Mm-hmm. And what is that like in 2016? And kind of that was my part or of the story. And right. then there were other legendary singers that coming from the early 50s and 60s. Oh, yeah, totally. yeah. And their story is totally different. And, and he just kind of wanted to kind of opening up to all generations and
1: and well yeah i mean it worked clearly that was a good move but yeah what was what was the girl that we met at the sos thing
2: yeah
1: god i'm forgetting names right now um who was the one that sang with the rolling stones oh i have no idea oh lisa fisher no not lisa i would not yeah the 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 crazy one mary Mary clayton no,
2: like she's a shorter, lady. Yeah, she's really shorter, amazing. Voice like she's like on fire tons all of the time. She's just kind of Tata Vega.
1: Yes, Tata. yes Oh, yeah. she's
3: my hero. Yeah, she's one of the best singers in the world. She's someone that I would study I can't her voice. I forgot her name, but yeah. Um, growing up, and Tata Vega was one of my. I always say it. She's one of my favorite voices.
1: She is on a she's different amazing. planet. She is. She was. She's just the energizer bunny, just like yeah. wound up and just yeah. But, but
3: she's, she's real. Her voice is not a joke.
1: No, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm i do not afraid. think I don't think anybody in that documentary uh-huh. is not a joke. I mean, Lisa yeah. Fisher's just yeah, incredible. incredible. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so you uh, move on through that. and So I guess maybe guide us now through the last, you know, gosh. We've made it through Michael, the 90s. <laughs> We've we made it through the 90s. <laughs> 90s? Well, yeah,
3: now.
1: Well, we made you know, times. so that was 2000. Oh, this is, it was 2009. 2008. 2000, oh, nine. Yeah, 2009 yeah, two thousand So yeah. ten years, almost eight years, seven mm, years. Wow, seven yeah. years. That's seven that's years divided that's by from ten years. <laughs> <room>. um, <laughs> tell us, the, tell us this, where you're at and what's gone on and.
3: um Yeah. So, after that, I did the voice, and oh, that's I did right. lots of other th- like I did a tour. I was um, I toured after that with like. My stuff and I had signed to Sony music at the time and was working on a record with them And I toured a lot with my um, Band and we did like opening for Josh Groban and and,
1: with uh, your parents. No, this was another band. band. (laughs) It was
3: a different band at the time and um, And that was fun. We just did a a year of just touring like that and um, and then after that I uh, got into the studio and and did my debut album back in time and um, and then that led me to more touring and promoting it, which is what I'm in the process of doing
1: now. Okay, so I'm going to rewind a little bit because you skipped over it and I kind of wanted a little more of your experience from this. Yeah. Which is The Voice. Okay. Tell us about...
3: Oh, um, The which Voice you should was have won. That experience. No, that was, that, was, that was like summer camp, actually. Was it? <laughs> it's also like one of those experiences where I have like friends from that show, like Sasha Allen, that I always keep in contact with and then... Um, but the thing about the voice that was fun was that it's handed to you. It's so simple because you get wardrobe, you get the the band, you get like hair and make. It's all like, but every week you get it, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're on tour and you're like, on your grind you don't get like all the luxuries of all that unless you have a big budget but just like being uh
1: normally that's like, yeah <laughs> you, like, you have to you, work your you way gotta, into like, that yeah
3: so like you're not going to take a big crew when you've got to pay for the flights and hotels yeah. and that stuff costs money so right? it's nice to just be on a show and like it My doesn't go. You have to worry about it. you just like get you know get to do all that and you get kind of creative control over the arrangements which was fun and singing and you don't have to learn one, one song, song a week <laughs> i mean it's like you're sitting there and you just mm-hmm. gotta focus on one song a week yeah and it, it was it was definitely like but not to say that it didn't have its challenges i mean it definitely had its challenges it, it was like, hard for me for example um well you're sequestered so you can't leave the premises of the hotel which was insane for me i'm such And you're a, like three blocks experience. from home yeah I, I i live in pasadena and the hotel was in Burbank. And yeah. I was just, like, hop, skipping uh, away from home. And I was like, what's happening? And yeah. I got caught, like, escape. We caught caught a few. <laughs> we were kind of the bad ones. Like, we got caught escaping and, like, <laughs> got sent to the principal's office. And, like, we, like, barricaded our we, – we did all kind of stuff. Like, we were – it was, like, basically, How like, summer though. camp. Like, it was definitely, like,
1: the you bad didn't take kids. It too seriously summer... then.
3: <laughs> well, we were emotionally, like – challenged from it, because it's stressful. It's a stressful show, and then what's also very interesting is you get to discover who you are to America, mm-hmm. which was also the very eye-opening, psychologically, that show is really interesting, because you understand your country better, you understand who you are and your identity. You think you're, you're one thing, you know, until you get on that show, and you realize, wow, like, my country is this, and I'm from L.A., right? That's, a diff- that's, a, that's all I've ever known. I was born and raised here, but You learn that the mentality of the rest of your country, everything in between New York and L.A. is very different from the coast. And so you learn.
1: It's a different country. It's a different
3: country. And you're learning, like, everything you do, like, what's connecting with these people and what's not. And realizing, wow, I'm like, this is interesting. And then they're trying to figure me out because it's like. You know, with that type of show, they have to put people in...
1: Boxes. Boxes. You you have
3: to fit into something like, who are you? What, What do you mean you're half Asian and black and you... Your soul singer, but like you, you it's ain't like, from but around you're funky, here. Like, sorry, but we gotta make this like what? Let, let's make this a little more simpler, right? So it's yeah, all. totally,
1: it's, totally. It's like, all
3: those things, you know, and that show. And that's the same thing you go through when you're assigned to a label. It's just with a show like that, it's like all very much there and like crash course. This and it's is,
1: real time. Real time, You, you yeah, say so something, and okay. the whole world either <laughs> whole hates it or loves it and you'll know about it
3: and it's like amazing what does work like the simplest things like if i go out there and sing like um like a hymn on labor day i'm gonna be like at the top of the itunes chart (laughs) like like it's amazing like just the simplest things that like time and place and what you do and it's just it was just interesting to me i learned a lot
1: because well, I it. mean that's really like going, you know, a crash course in in marketing, regardless of the product. Yeah, you just happen to be the product, and that's, yeah, that's one of the things I think singers, when I when I when I deal with them, try to explain to them that you're just a product. Mm-hmm. That's, don't don't get so caught up in yeah your feelings or whatever because <laughs> they don't care. you're yeah. a disposable product.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's exactly right. You have to think of it as that and. You know, as artists, we're so sensitive and it's us, right? It's who we are. And so we're like, what do you do? Like, I'm a human being. And then you realize, no, you are a product to these people. Yeah. And understanding. You're a
1: character to them, not a person.
3: Yeah. And understanding your product. Yeah. Understanding your brand. Don't be confused about it because if you're confused, they're going to try to create it for you and then that's when it all goes down south you know
1: yeah and especially in today's industry you have to be so narrow your lane has to be so narrow and singers want to be this but i also want a little of that and mm-hmm. i want to have my influences or josh groban to justin bieber it's like mm-hmm. it's, you know it's so spread and you get caught in this problem which is nobody knows who you are mm-hmm. and it's hard right. to build a fan base but going back to your Uh, sort of voice experience Mm -hmm. because we've we've talked with a few of the people from The Voice and then I've dealt with a lot of The Voice singers Mm -hmm. and it's funny that this experience you're saying like it was summer camp like everything was handed to me they go to that they go to The Voice and they come out of that going
2: where's my makeup where's my my band (laughs) where's my tour bus
3: exactly no yeah exactly where's my one song welcome to the real world and
1: they're struggling (laughs) with this one song a week and they're like (laughs) it was grueling well, it was grueling. What? You had to do one yeah, song a week. one song. And you had people doing your hair and your makeup. And, oh, by the way, around that corner is catering. Go <laughs> exactly. get something to eat. That There's, is not how yeah, it works. No. I mean, people... But
2: you came in knowing that. I mean, you came in having already been on the road. Yeah, and so well, yeah. Like...
3: But definitely it was like a shock after the show because it's like I'm on tour and it's like all of a sudden it's like 10 <clears> throat> million, throat> million times harder, right? You've got all these uh, these things that... You, more responsibility, yeah. but you get you get very spoiled
1: like well and that's the other thing like what you're saying is like whether it's american idol the voice or whatever you're not really responsible for whether that tour is successful or not mm-hmm. you know they put you on a bus they feed you they give you hair yeah. and makeup and if it's a successful great if not whatever and when you're out on your own i mean you're out oh, yeah. on your own and you're if, really, yeah so i mean um andy Grammer is a good example i don't know do you know Andy? You know that song. Uh, mm,
3: I I don't know him, but yeah, I know okay. the, the name.
1: He uh, is a good example. I mean, he was in a he was in a in a van for years, like mm-hmm. following different acts he was opening for, mm-hmm. just driving. Mm-hmm. And he and his band members would swap driving, yeah. uh, you know, times and shower at the venue, mm-hmm. a little something to eat, and then drive to the next. one. while the person they're opening for crawls on the bus, drive to the hotel, get mm-hmm. some sleep. I mean. He was so juxtaposed, yeah. but, you know, he sort of earned his stripes. And I use him as an example when I'm working with singers. Like, they just expect roses and lemos <laughs> right mm-hmm. now. And it does not work that way. No,
3: it doesn't. And also, the thing about me is, like, this this whole experience that I, you know, like touring and constantly, like, being in charge of everything is is great. And it's totally different from what I used to do when I was background singer. Because I was singing for top acts, and you get roses and soft pillows
1: yeah
3: and you don't have to worry about anything but singing your Do part The your job the, the alto mm-hmm. and then you get and then you get your nice little per diem and you can go tour uh sightseeing spain on your day off mm-hmm. and then you get a nice little hotel room and it's like so that is also very spoiling mm-hmm. you know there's all these things that you realize like that's great but Uh, That's not what I want to do right, you know, and then then you then you really appreciate the struggle because you're like Well at least I might be sleeping in a van, but this is
1: where I want what I want to do Well, it does separate those who get into this business and they get a gig like that Mm -hmm. and they go This is cool. I I'm not gonna pursue that Mm -hmm. and then there's others like you that go. This is cool but this doesn't answer the artistic call Mm-hmm. And so you 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 literally like, mm-hmm. um, thanks for the SUV dro- dry, uh, ride. I'm gonna drive away <laughs> in my Volkswagen Bug here, <laughs> exactly. and pursue artistic endeavors. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. not to say there's not amazing experiences that you're gonna have, yeah, but right. you are choosing the road less traveled. Yes, so.
3: definitely. And I and I don't regret a single day of it because I know at the end of the day this is where I want to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, let's go let's go to the left a little bit here tell us about your voice tell us about the process of voice training or the voice development or where mm-hmm. you found sweet spots or where you found your voice your yeah. way of delivering things your creativity process your technical yeah. process all that
3: early on it was it was listening to Ella and Aretha and uh, Louis Armstrong I just listened to records all day long and I loved it so much and I was also surrounded by some serious singers like I mentioned Tata I mentioned like my family they they always had really amazing singer Rose Stone was a huge influence for me the Family Stone Uh, Billy Preston was my dad he was part of the, his band and so I, I I found inspiration and real training off of singing and copying these records and also being around them I would go to Choir rehearsal every week because my mother she was the the pianist for the gospel choir, and Rose Stone was the 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 music leader for. Wow!
1: Which
0: church? It was
3: at church on the way, and I was too young to be in the choir. Like they wouldn't let me be in the Mm. choir, but I still came to rehearsals every week because to me that was school to see Rose get up there and there were the Perry sisters. You know there were so many really great singers in that in that choir, and that that's where I really found myself. Learning how to sing, really. Are You an only child? Um, no, I have a brother. Okay, a younger brother. Does he okay. sing? He's he um he's an aerospace engineer. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> he has his job at Boeing, but actually he's a drummer. He was oh, our drummer. Yes, he was. It was kind of a family affair. He it's, would bang on pots and pans as a little kid.
1: So oh. he's a rocket scientist and drummer, a drummer. Yeah, because yeah. yes. that's rare. Usually you just wipe the drool from the drummers and move on. <laughs> yeah i'm just kidding any drummers out there don't get mad um <laughs> Too late. so does he come back and play a little bit with you guys or yeah sometimes it, yeah. where is he where does he live
3: he lives up like elon area because he works at boeing at the the base there so. colorado santa barbara
1: oh really oh yeah. i didn't know there was a base up there yeah okay
0: there's yeah.
2: also a prison but different. i know about
1: different that base. part yeah uh okay so um creatively vocally in the studio performing whatever are there moments you can remember where you went oh that's that's my sound that's my voice or was it a slow evolution
3: yeah it was a slow evolution of just well I always connected with like vocally my I liked phrasing that was looser so you know anything in the world of, of jazz or soul or music I was always I Pulled felt toward. like that's what I was yeah pop like, you know, real structured um, cadences and where you got to be right in there wasn't necessarily me. Didn't work way. for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would learn to sing it, right? Because you have to learn. But but in terms of who I am as an artist, the freedom. The funk. that's, why, that's funk from your dad. Yeah. And that's why I loved Aretha. I loved all the, the jazz singers, everything like that. Um, and the freedom I can create my own experience within and the verses and things is where I found myself living and the funk, yeah, you said the funk as mm-hmm. always part of the band as part of the family tradition, you know. Yeah. And your brother's in the background trying to study, he's like, God
2: <laughs> Yeah. I have to hear that song one more time. Right.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna start this and then okay. we'll edit into this spot.
2: Twenty nine, twenty eight, go.
1: So over the last couple of years you've worked on a couple of projects. Mm-hmm. Do you wanna let's go down the road talk to us about where that's at and the ups and downs of that, and
3: um, yeah, well, my my album Back in Time was the main project that I've been. Uh, I have another record that I finished in the beginning of this year as well, but the one that I've mainly mainly that's publicly out right now it was Back in Time. It's my first debut album.
1: And That was after The Voice.
3: Yeah, and that was a that was a rocky road. <laughs> it was a very rocky road. I was signed to Sony Music at the time, and
1: was that a different deal than right after This Is It? Or was that the same kind of, under the same tent?
3: You mean like the...
1: Didn't you get signed right after This Is It with the Sony No, I never
3: signed after This Is It. I just worked on music on my own, and I worked with different producers, but I never actually signed a contract after it. I did, however, sign a contract after The Voice. I signed with Sony, and it was a joint venture. It it was a mess, basically. It turned Mm -hmm. into a lawsuit, and there there was a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff that happened, unfortunately. Um, And... So, my debut album had a bumpy road. We had to go through the the lawsuit and get and work through the settlement before we could properly release it um,
1: okay, so I was going to move back okay yeah. so when you signed you signed with Sony, they assign i mean you wrote your own album right or yeah, I was writing whatever. my own
3: music, I was working to producers and things like that um and there was a lot of um discord and a lot of difficulty at the label with the woman that was running the label
1: okay and so it wasn't through management it was the label that was the problem yeah okay. at
3: the time it was that particular situation it was the label
1: okay
3: and um they
1: was it they just didn't have their eye on the ball or then there was other yeah, things there were other and...
3: things there were i mean there was a lot of like creatively they wanted me to do a winter ep to go with Josh the thing, but then they decided... A
1: winter EP? Yeah, and really? then they decided
3: they didn't want to... We did it, and then they decided they didn't want to put it out, so we...
1: Winter, explain, it was like Christmas for, songs? Yeah,
3: because the tour was happening during the winter, and right. so they figured, okay, let's just do a winter EP rather than the full thing. And, you know, they it didn't come out, so that was, you know, kind of a, a bump. But then after that, we tried to work on the debut album, and it was... Getting pushed back, you know. I mean, but that's a typical experience of people who are signed. You know, totally. it's going to take you're, a minute. You're not in control of Yeah, anything. it's going to take a minute to get it on order. But it was a lot of other things were beginning to happen at the label, and then it finally um, was disjoint, like uh, disbanded. So the the label was no longer there.
1: So the sub. Sony label. Yeah, it was, a, was it was a
3: joint venture. It was a it was a it was a company that was a joint venture and that did a deal with Sony.
1: So who's it was the Sony and who?
3: J- Jolene Cherry.
1: Oh, so she. It ha- was her. Oh, got it. Yeah, okay.
3: yeah. And it, it had disbanded, and um.
1: And did it disband because it lost funding, or why would they disband? <laughs> there was a
3: lot of problems with it.
1: Okay, a lot did... of
3: internal, a lot of internal problems. Just she not having a functioning machine, really. Yeah, through. and it she was, actually yeah. left the label at one point and decided. We were all like what's ha- like what's happening and then she came back and then then they got disbanded and we all thought we were going to be free all the artists and then they had this assignment clause in there mm-hmm. that was saying like no you you guys are still
1: signed to Sony assigned
3: and... to her like we were signed oh, to Sony for her? Yeah that's what we were like cuz our paperwork was with Sony my paperwork was with Sony Music not with her and so this is what happens when I call Time Warner Cable Yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Like so it was all it was one big mess right and all the artists were trying to get out and it was just it was a big thing um and there were a couple lawsuits and I one was mine I just said we were all trying to challenge it right and uh, it was difficult it, it kind of shut me down for like a big chunk of the year because um what happened is that Prince and I we decided that we were gonna write our record and do our record regardless of the drama that was going on at the label and um,
1: okay,
0: so you just, your just threw
3: Prince in there casually, like, mm-hmm. uh,
2: and then you know Prince yeah. and I. Um, well, okay, let's go back. There I you're do that s- with
0: John Lerrickett. I'm always dropping John Lerrickett's name mm-hmm. in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, <laughs> was I know. <laughs> I was Night, J- Night John Court. Candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're signed to
1: Sony. It's a mess, it's and you're mess. saying, "Oh, hey Prince, let's go and write another album. Screw these Prince guys." Well, yeah. well, well, also
0: like, "Hey Prince."
2: Yeah, you were just like walking down the street. Do you call
0: when you're friends with Prince? You just call him Prince? Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I met Prince while this was all going on, and we connected And creatively. We just were really, you know, wanted to write these songs and get these songs together, and he's really one of those people that he, he has endured so much of this kind of stuff, and he's just, his whole mentality is... You stay in there and you do what you're supposed to be called to do on this planet, and it's music. And we're gonna get in their studio and we're gonna do what's positive and what we wanna do, and we're gonna make great music no matter what this business tries to hold people down and put artists on a shelf and stop them. We're gonna do it. And the, and and he was very encouraging to me in that sense. And we did a full record, and we had the best time of our lives doing it because it was so old school. It wasn't this whole like game of like oh this and now we're gonna put you in this producer and this and that yeah featuring
1: was, this and yeah. it was
3: like literally we just got just in the music. studio he got on the drums i got on the piano like we just knocked it out old school like as if mm. we were in a garage band and like old school to, like record to tape as if it was like mm. 1975 like oh, yeah. he's awesome. living in a time warp and it was so inspiring to me because it was just a reminder to me that that's that's what i really love and wh- how i want to create music and so although there was a lot of um difficulty during that year, I would say creatively I was in a beautiful place and I was being inspired to just create and, and so that...
1: Interesting, that juxtaposition of a lawsuit, which is nothing so is stressful. darker in this world than that. <laughs> yes. Listen, uh, to all my lawyer friends listening to this, you guys suck. <laughs> um, lawyers, yeah, especially litigators, yeah. by trade look for arguments.
3: Yeah, well that's the job. No, they don't.
1: <laughs> 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 but that's such a dark place yeah, to live an, and it's expensive to place to It's an expensive you know. dark place to live and juxtaposed to that is this thing happening over here and maybe yeah. this thing over happened over here better because of that crap here
0: yeah it, you it, know, it's your escape from that it crap.
3: was and there's a lot of heart and a lot of life in this because mm-hmm. We were kind of like crusaders against totally, that. Totally, exactly. <laughs> so we were just like David and Goliath. Like you know, like so or much opposition. Goliath and Goliath. And you know, don't get him started on Sony and all this people. Oh, know. totally. So we were we were definitely like, we were militant about doing what artists should do. You know, and and it got worked out, but it was painful. I mean, we dropped it as a free download, and then there were the lawsuits went crazy. Oh, it
1: off oh yeah
3: we countersued. she sued like it was a mess she sued hit like the whole thing was a mess and All for money. it shut me down I couldn't move I couldn't record I couldn't gig I couldn't do anything and it was a very very hard summer mm-hmm. this was last year and um, this is
1: like saying to a runner you can't use your legs <laughs>
3: exactly I
1: mean that's your identity your your identity yeah. is running or whatever yeah. it is you do and you're saying Howard you can't Jones sing song. you can't yeah. record you can't perform yeah Man, yeah. It's horrible. It was really
3: hard for me because I was so excited. It was my first record, my first album, and this was a long time coming for me. Yeah. it was like my whole life. I was building well, up ge- to this, gearing up to release a debut album, right? Yeah. and so at the at the release of it, all of these lawsuits and mm-hmm. like the discouragement of it, and what did you learn from that? Um, I learned so much. I don't even know where to begin with that, but um, one of the things it, it was very it was very humbling and it really opened my eyes to you're doing this because you you love music and if you ever thought you were doing this because you wanted to have a successful record deal and be this well you got another thing coming right mm-hmm. we're here sitting at home and nothing's happening so mm-hmm. you're doing this cuz you love music and that better be the reason, the reason. that Keep sticks here. with you no matter what happens cuz this and whatever else happens is going to happen but nothing can shut you down if you know what you're doing this for and so i think the the morale of me i had to grow so much stronger because spiritually and emotionally as an artist and you know watching him like i was like shouldn't we like be really Mm -hmm. bummed out right now and he's like everything's great (laughs) isn't that the, the songs are funky right yeah they're great like life is great! I was like, Mm. life is not, it's like, so I learned a lot, like, and, and, you know, it was just, we ended up performing, and just, it, it was, it was still very positive from a musical standpoint, and understanding the fight, and understanding, um, your strength, too, and understanding, don't ever let other people, um, you got to be in charge of what, you, what you're what you supposed to do here. And, and I think that that is the lesson I took away from all of this. Like, I'll never sign a piece of paper again unless I really understand what I'm signing. And I have a good reason to sign it and I know what I'm clear about what I'm trying to do. And who you're signing and it with. And who I'm signing it with. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, that is the most important thing.
1: Well, the, you know, everybody talks about, I want to get signed. Or, I just yeah. I like, see that's people the end-all all be-all. <laughs> I see people all the time on Facebook. It used Facebook. to be the
2: end-all be-all, though. Well, it's not. No, it never yeah. was. I mean, yeah. look at
1: Prince changed his name to, to, to stop dealing away. with Warner. Yeah. yeah. But... I see people all the time on Facebook or other social media with pictures of them signing and in, in this big, I just signed who mm-hmm. you know,
0: mm-hmm. fill in label. Yeah. And it's like, you What just... social media are you on? None of my friends, they're only signing checks to their landlord. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what social media? He, he, he just some secret Facebook <laughs> yeah. People who are moving up I'm like, oh, it's Joe. Called <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, yeah, called contracts. Yeah, it's forward. called moving yeah. forward.
3: And not to say that that's bad because there is a time and place for that. Like yeah. labels come in, when they come in, they got to come in the right time though. It's like, you know, they're just a bank and they... That's all it is. Yeah, they're looking... They're a business. They're looking if, for... A... If, you're, if your products make sense to them and they can sell it and, and everyone can make money, then great. But if you're at a place where you're not ready for that, you don't sign because that's the worst nightmare ever. You're going to mm-hmm. be like spinning your wheels for years. Mm-hmm.
1: But even still, a signing a record deal is a loan. And it's mm-hmm. a it's really a loan. Yeah. expensive <laughs> loan. It's it definitely a, is. It's around 66% on average mm-hmm. loan. Yeah. So who's gonna sign a sixty-six percent loan? Somebody says, "Well, hey, we can't wait to fund your house. We're gonna give you a mortgage at sixty-six percent. And by the way, when you're done paying it off, we still own it. (laughs) Exactly. That's a record deal. That's
3: exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is.
1: And I, you know, people get all excited, like we've got, you know, like you've got to be really careful. And in today's day and age, there's so many ways to get out there and do what you want to do without having that. Middleman who who yes. has the power. By the way, yes, it's, it's it's less about money. It's even more about power. Yes. I can take your stuff. I can put it on the shelf, and you're not allowed to touch it unless I decide we're
0: going to touch it. Exactly. Uh, and you're, that's it. You're done.
3: You're done. <laughs> wow. That's that's the the moral of the story with them. Um, yeah.
0: Wait. So here's my question. Cause I don't know anything about this universe, right? But with the way technology is now, right? Not that it's easy, but it's a lot easier now to go directly to your audience, correct? Yes. So yes. so why wouldn't you just do that now? When you have a let's say if you well, come, let, let, I'll give you a good example. When you come some, off something like the voice, right? Cuz then now you you have the name recognition, you have a built-in fan base. Wouldn't it make more sense than just to go directly or work in a, a route that gets you more direct with the fans rather than with a record label?
3: Yeah, the thing is about it is just it's 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 alone. So if you want Somebody to pay for some marketing and some expenses. Like, you mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta, you know, if you wanna promote something, then that's what the label is like, okay, we'll, we'll spend this much money to promote it. And yeah, that's, a radio it's a promo is still though, expensive.
1: Like,
3: but you could, I mean, you could be smart and say, I don't wanna take a loan and I don't wanna be in debt, so I won't ask you to pay for all that when I have to, it's gonna suffer later. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so, what happens is when you get limos and roses and soft pillows, you go, I can't believe the label just sent me all this great stuff. Um, over here on the accounting sheet, <laughs> soft pillows, limos, roses, and they charge that to you. Mm-hmm. And here's how the accounting works. If, if it's a $10 million budget and you've got, let's just round it down to 10 points. You get 10 points on your album. It's $10 million. So they spend $10 million and they start making sales. They keep 90% of it for themselves and then they keep your 10%. And that 10% goes to pay off your $10 million and when that 10 million is paid off, then you start seeing dollars. Oh. In the meantime, the record label's just made a million, a million, a million, a million. By the time your 10 million's paid off, they've made a hundred million.
0: No, I know what it's like. And, and then... strangely, yeah. I do. No, strangely I do, it's, it's a similar <laughs> deal I signed with my viral video well, they gave me some money up front. They yeah. gave
2: me 13 cents to start.
0: <laughs> they gave me 13 cents. But then what happened was, like, I know they made way more money. And then after a certain point, I was supposed to get a profit sharing thing, which, by the way, I've never gotten any pennies from that. But I'm sure it's written in such a way that I wouldn't. But I see it's, it's similar you to that. You would. I mean, if they sold enough
1: or they made enough money off it, you would. But that's a record deal. The, only, the, the bigger problem with the record deal is is that out of your points that everything's being paid off, they decide where to spend money, you're not even in control of how much money oh, that I you're see. charged against. And so, you know, they might be doing, they might be making coffee mugs with your name on it around the, and you get charged for that. Yeah. And then wow. again, after you pay that out of your 10 points, you pay everything back, they still own it.
2: There should be you a don't class even own it. that yeah. they teach about this. What there
0: are. are. Dave, that sounds like, a lot like the contract I signed with you. <laughs> You don't even get 10 <laughs> points, my friend. I know. <laughs> they, I have to you pay, wish. I paid Dave $25 just to show up here. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <welcome>. <laughs> in my presence. Yeah. Mm. Stay on that side of the aura, by the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> are,
2: are you looking at him in the eye, Joe?
0: And who that's in the Against eye? the Oh, rules. sorry. That's, <laughs> another, that's another $3. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll put that in my Just put that down. H- however,
1: <laughs> let me tell you the flip side, at least from my opinion. Because it's gotten so easy for anybody to put their stuff out, there's tons of noise. Yeah. Now you can go on YouTube and other places and just find a lot of crap.
3: Yeah. There's a
1: lot of... and, And MySpace actually is where this all started. You go on MySpace and it was just a massive clusterfuck of horrible stuff. Yeah. And so... There was no. You can find my album on MySpace and YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) At the end, yeah. The problem is, is there's there's no never mind. There's no gatekeepers. There's no bar to entry. Anybody can do it. Yeah. And so now you need a label now to best bust through all the noise.
3: Bust through all the noise, then they'll they'll market and they'll you know do certain things to get you in a better
1: place position. So
2: you're you're not with Sony anymore. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so
0: where are you? Where are things? What's Joni (laughs) from uh, Happy Days? (laughs) Oh, that's Joni. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. uh, Forty-five, forty-one, (laughs) Darcy. (laughs) Could you please edit that out? out?
3: (laughs) Um, So I'm in the process of just touring back in time and doing that, and and then I also have another record that I finished, and so I'm in the process of figuring out the right home for that. But when did you finish that? Um, I finished that in February of okay. this year. Right. Is yeah. that, was that with Prince as well? No, that was something Separate? I did on my own. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: So I have kind of like two more areas I want to cover with mm-hmm. you. And so the first one is sort of a, the spinoff of this last bit of conversation, which is Judith at 21. What would you tell your 12-year-old self? What would oh. Judith say oh, yeah. to herself? Or even... Yeah. You know, 2007, 2008. Yeah. What would before, I say? Before all this with This Is It and all this other stuff. Yeah. what would I say? Yeah.
3: I would tell myself to um, work on your show until it's the greatest thing ever. And just focus on that. The craft. Yeah, until your, your show is like undeniable and you're selling out tickets. <laughs> CDs, tickets. That's where you're going to be able to... Sustain yourself and have longevity. I admire people who are selling tickets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so what would you say to your 12-year-old emotional self?
3: Oh, 12-year-old emotional self. I would tell her to... um Let's see. Where was I? 12. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, somewhere around that. Time. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um enjoy making music don't enjoy it until it becomes like drinking water and it's a part of your life in a way that you can't not do it and and that's that's all I would say to myself like enjoy it stop worrying about everybody else or that you're not good enough or you're not there yet like don't don't waste yourself on negative energy like that just enjoy and celebrate your gift and when when you start enjoying it, that's when you, you're going to become, like, obsessed with it. And there's nothing better than a musician or a singer who just does it all you the can time.
1: tell they're just...
3: Because then that's how you get better and mm-hmm. you grow more. But it has to come from a place of joy.
1: Mm-hmm. So how much of that applies to your world now? I mean, how much of that can... Do you <laughs> actually look in the mirror and go, that's don't what forget?
3: Yeah, that's what I tell myself now. Like, that's been, like, the biggest lesson now for me right now because... I'm under a lot of opposition right now, and it's a difficult time, but what is actually helping me is the joy of it. And, and I remember I just met with someone recently, a really, really um, it's a smart person kind of in the business, and he said, are you happy? I said, oh, that's a good question. He's like, that's the first thing. Like, be once you're happy, like, happy, it'll all come together because like, this type of work, you have to... Music is not supposed to be... I mean, it is now it was become a product. But initially, it's human beings expressing from the deepest parts of their soul. And it's like this universal language, this sixth sense, but almost like spiritual. And it, it it touches people and it moves people in powerful ways. And somehow, someone along the line decided a way to make money off of it. And now we have this business called the music business. Yep. But you can't let that... Uh, cloud what it it really is you know and that is the most powerful thing
1: and we gene wilder who just passed what last week said the same thing like he loved move making moves hated the movie business yeah but yeah um yeah happiness is so important i'm getting there yeah and that's great that you can be honest about that too and say yeah you know we all want to be happy and a lot of people go yeah i'm happy but to be honest and say uh, not yet well i have a question though empowering
0: Hello, uh, you guys haven't yeah. heard me this hour. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> when was the last time you can remember though being happy when you made music? That's a good question.
3: Yeah. Um. Just recently, a okay. couple of days, a few days ago, I had a show in Denver, and I was truly happy because I was playing the. I was like playing a lot of instruments. I'm changing my show, and I and I just felt like there was just an honesty about my spirit. So yes, every time I get on stage, unless I'm like mentally in a crazy place, yeah, there's joy there on stage. Mm-hmm. We want you to be happy
2: because <laughs> you're so great, you're yeah. so amazing, and you thank bring you. so much happiness to people that hear you and watch you. And thank you.
1: All right, last question. Yeah. So, because ar- they've already joked about it, but. <laughs> We you did. know, you throw in, worked <laughs> with Michael Jackson, throw in, working with Prince. Did you ever work with Whitney Houston by any chance? No. Because you would have worked with all the, you know, perfect <laughs> <The> icons. icons. <laughs> but So who's out there, who haven't you worked with that you would really like to work with? Who's, do you have like your wish list of different <laughs> people like, oh God, I'd love to do a session or love to do a show or...
3: No, at this point... Ride on I'm, the
1: bus with, you know.
3: No, at this point, I'm, I appreciate anybody who moves me, and there's a long list of people, but I'm not like, oh, my God, I got to work with you. Like, I'm kind of, it's I'm in a place right now in my life where it's just kind of coming from here, and I don't really need to work with anybody right And I don't now. even
1: mean a name. <laughs> I, I don't even mean that. I mean, yeah. like, you, your dad worked with Billy Preston, somebody yeah. who I loved and admired. Like, something like that. You know, is there, like, a guitar player around town oh. or... Like, is there, are there different people that you go, God, I just really want to work with that person?
2: I'd love to replace my parents with, <laughs> 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 finish that song. Oh yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, obviously there's
3: so many great people. There's, there's people like Daryl, <laughs> Derek Trucks, that thing is this insane guitar player. Um, uh, Corey Henry, who's a friend of mine. I think he's brilliant. Um, do you um, know who
0: he is? Yeah. Awesome.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: He's a magician. That's, he is.
1: Who's that who's that guy from London you showed me? Oh,
3: uh, Jacob Collier.
1: Jacob Collier. Have you heard oh, okay, of this kid? Yeah, I've
3: heard of I've heard of the name, but I don't know his name. You story. gotta check him out. He's yeah.
1: Quincy's just like obsessed with oh, him right yeah, now. Cool. But he's just like a freak. Nice, nice. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Well, all right. We gotta kinda wrap things up. Okay. Um thank you for being here today. Yeah. I really appreciate your honesty and your mm-hmm. story and your journey. I think that um when you know we have all these different people that come to our programs and all this sort of stuff and you're always one of my favorites to come I feel like there's just this old soul presence that comes along with I mean you're so young and mm-hmm. yet you know your influences and mm-hmm. all this stuff come from generations and I think it's just every time you show up it's always such an awesome experience for us and certainly Thanks for probably. the attendees of the different mm-hmm. programs we've had that you've come and been part of but I appreciate your spending time with us and
3: Yeah. No. Thanks for having
1: me. Yeah. So, where, where, sort of in summary here, where can people see you or find you, or what's the easiest way, whether it's social media or or shows or whatever?
3: um, Judith Hill at uh, judith underscore hills twitter and instagram and facebook i'm always posting on what i'm doing next and things like that Okay.
1: what what show do you have lined up next anything um, in town? actually or?
3: yeah in town i'll be at the hollywood bowl next week just that um, little gig yeah okay. we're doing um a show tribute to natalie cole and um earth kid and all these like great right on. Legendary, wow. yeah. legendary music so yeah. it'll be great it'll be a great show
0: right on all yeah. right okay. well joe I uh, was—I have to say—I was particularly stellar on this episode (laughs) because I didn't talk much. Um, You can find me at Joe Batance on Twitter. That's all you're going to talk about. today? That's all I'm going to talk about today. All right, Shannon. Where can we find Joe?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Really?
1: I don't know. Because he he listed a ton of other things he does, so I thought
0: maybe there'd be. Oh, yeah. um, I'm not
2: involved um, in any of those things.
0: Yeah.
1: He hasn't invited me
2: to. Well,
0: there's the drag G-Paul race. Or- we'll have RuPaul's Drag Race recap. You can download that on iTunes.
2: I love yeah. how Joe suddenly gets this radio voice. when he. I <laughs> sure do, Shannon. And
0: uh, it's actually 83 uh, degrees. Like we are here in uh, the 10 freeway. hour.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Traffic, back to you.
1: Yeah. So- Shannon with the weather.
2: Anyway, honey, I, you know. All right. Well- I used to be seen places and now I just um Take an acid. Inside. <laughs> now I'm just inside a lot.
1: Well, all right. That's a whole other discussion. So,
2: but I'm starting to come out more, which yes. you'll see me more at Ralph's and <laughs> Trader Rite Joe's. Aid. Mm-hmm. Trader Joe's occasionally.
1: Nice. Well, thank you everyone for being here today. This has been a great episode, and uh, we hope to see Judith again in the future, either here or on something else. So, yeah. Thanks I want, everyone. I want to go to that show. Oh, me too. We're going to be at the Hollywood Bowl. All right. Yeah. Thanks everyone. <laughs>